What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of VGM Generations. I'm Mike Posbon, and with me, as always, is Aaron Blauchuk. Hello. And Jordan Belinsky. I am always him. <laughs> for those that don't know, VGM stands for Video Game Music, and we are taking you through the generations. Basically, once a week, three friends with very gaming backgrounds get together and take you through some of their favorite music from the games they love. And right now we're going to mention, remember to stick around to the end of the episode for contest details. But we have very exciting news. We have our very first contest winner. What? No. We do, we do. Mr. Andrew Harbour from Las Vegas, Nevada. <gasps> wow. Can we say his address too? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Miss, uh, his Twitter handle is at Apocalypse7 uh, with a seven in the middle there, like the movie. That was a seven. movie, right? Seven? Seven was a movie, yeah. And then didn't they use the seven in the middle of the word? It was like, it's S-E-7-E. Yeah, it was pretty edgy for the time. Yeah, now they do it all the time. Now it's like, that's just a thing. So, but yeah, he's our grand prize winner of Metroid Prime on GameCube and the Nintendo Swag Care Package. Yes. So we're going to get his details and get that shipped out to him. Cool, thanks. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for listening. And thanks so much for listening and thanks for retweeting. We appreciate it very much. So, And I believe he retweeted on Google Play. And if he listens, I don't know if he does listen to that, but we'll, we'll get the details from him. But uh, I think he listens on Google Play because that's the run he retweeted. But maybe he just like my tunes day. Cool. Posts. <laughs> um, but yeah, for this month episode, it's October. So we're talking about creepy, spooky, Ooh. scary, <laughs> <laughs> Halloween-y music. So. Games with skeletons in them. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So anything that's creepy or spooky or scary, that's what we're talking about. So um, I'm going to go first because it's the first episode and I'm double dipping everybody. I'm double. Di- I'm actually triple dipping, but that'll come later. <laughs> That's but like sticking have your you whole o- mouth right in the dip. <laughs> <laughs> have you only played like three games? Really? <laughs> no, but there's certain games that I love more than that. So, yeah. but I'm Can't going that. straight back to Super Mario World, everyone. <laughs> so the, the worst, as we know seventh, from the last <laughs> seventh best Mario game <laughs> yeah. of all time. The, the worst Mario game Nintendo's ever made according to these two, but yeah. uh, the second Ma- best Mario game that they've made on the Super Nintendo. Yes, totally <laughs> <Yeah>. agree. <laughs> Jesus, but uh, my favorite. Uh, and uh, what else could it be but the haunted house music, background music, which it actually is called haunted house in the manual. I thought it was ghost house, but it's haunted house. I think they changed it at some point in the they history did, of the series. Yeah, they changed yeah. it right after that. They changed it to ghost house, but for Super Mario World, it was called the haunted house. This was the first time they had ever featured a. A ghost type. Yeah, yeah. Pro- probably stealing your notes right stealing now. Stealing my thunder. <laughs> stealing my thunder. But yeah, no, it's the first uh, ghost house um, that ever appeared in any Mario game, and they went on to appear in tons of other games. Um, so just a couple of fun facts. Uh, Yoshi, if you're riding Yoshi when you come up to the ghost house, uh, you hop off him and then go through the doors. And in the manual, it said it's because Yoshi's afraid of ghosts. Yoshi's yeah. smart. <laughs> going but... Uh, but uh, the real reason is he doesn't interact with the ghosts properly. So mm. that's why they didn't do it. Yeah, because if he tries to eat them, it probably doesn't work out properly. Yeah, so he like, gets yeah. possessed and then the game <laughs> crashes and then your cartridge is haunted. So it's no good. <laughs> yeah, no, you, no one wants that. Um, and then, um, oh, it uh, served as an easy save point in the game back in the day because once you beat the ghost house, you can replay it and then you can save after you beat a ghost house. So it was like an easy way to go back and save if you were in the middle of a level or something. That's cool. And then... Um, Wait a minute. In Yoshi's uh, Island, he would ate, ate ghosts in that, so... 
Well, but the whole backstory is just he got brave. BS. He got braver. Yeah. Nintendo, brave. I call you. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Belauchuk, former <laughs> Nintendo employee. Well, what I like about uh, this is going to be the article <laughs> on Kotaku Monday morning because uh, you mentioned you beat a ghost house and it's an automatic save point. What I like about that is most of the ghost houses in Super Mario World pose as like a multi path. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that was again, again, again stealing my thunder. <laughs> but that was my next point: is that um, the levels are un, un, unlike the other levels. It's it's not just run right to the end and and jump on the flagpole. It's actually they're multi path. So you, it's more of like a puzzle. You have to figure out which way you want to get out of the level. So that's very cool. And my first um, level that I think I made, the first major level that I made in Mario Maker was a ghost house. Did you? And yeah. did you put like? Did you try and put? Oh, because they didn't have the multiple doors. They didn't until have multiple doors at first. Yeah, but yeah. it was basically you start on the outside, you enter the house, then there's ghosts and things. There were actual multiple paths to the end within the house. So okay. you could get it was you would have to get to the same ending, but you could take like three different paths to get there. So very cool, very yeah. cool. Yeah. So anyway, um, to me, there's no better, no better like creepy music. It's it's again, Super Mario World has the most nostalgia for me of maybe any game. And uh, I just love this tune, so let's give it a listen. You have a favorite ghost house level from World? I don't know. I don't like I don't remember them all like very particularly. I just remember being young and being very aggravated and confused as to like which which sequence I should do and like how many times I should miss the door before I opened it and shit like that. Yeah. But it, they were cool levels. It was it was it was kind of it was kind of like you'd get up to that level for the first time, like the first time you get in one and you're like what the hell is this? Like, like, I just want to, I just want to go. I just want to go right. Why can't I, why can't yeah. I get out? <laughs> so no, it was a, it was a really interesting t- change of pace. For a lot of people, it was the first game they ever played where um, they beat the level and realized they didn't go where they wanted to. Cause you can clearly see on the overworld map that there's other paths and yeah. how do I get there? So that was kind of the first experience for some people in like yeah. multi-level directional, whatever you want to call it. Like blew their young minds. Yeah. 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 They got so mad that they couldn't find the other exit that they well, threw the cartridge away. And, and Nintendo <laughs> set it up really great because the very first ghost house, you can clearly see there's a star 
right below the ghost house. If you remember the overworld map and obviously you want to go to the star and if you take the most, um, the most uh, direct, or I guess the most obvious route in the first ghost house, it does not take you to the star world. It takes you to the side pipe. Yeah. Mm. So they set it up nicely. So they gave you the obvious hint that, you know, there might be more than one way to go. Well, yeah. It's something nice that Nintendo's always well, they, done. It's good game design, right? It's basically, yeah. it's like, as you're playing it, they're giving you cues on how to play and like how, how things work without explicitly pointing them out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you figure it out and then you feel smart. And then they had different color. Um, the dots on the dots map. on the map. Yeah. So the ones that had, do you remember what it was? Which, which, which uh, one's I'll yellow get, and one's red? Yeah, I can't remember which I, is which. I can't tell you. I think the red ones are the multi-directional. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure you're right. Because I yeah. think yellow yeah. is like the main. The every, yeah, yeah, regular. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway, so another next uh, next month, I'll bring up Super Mario World again, and we can talk about <laughs> another aspect of it. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> depending on what we pick. But um, yeah, uh, Jordan, go ahead. All right. Um, I want to talk about a game called the Angry Video Game Nerd Adventures. Ooh. So for those that don't know, um, the game is based on the internet sensation, sensational character, the Angry Video Game Nerd. Uh, just a quick I'm rundown. Sure all, I think everyone mm, probably listening to yeah. this is probably familiar. Yeah. If you listen to a, a retro video game music <laughs> podcast, you yeah. probably know who exactly. AVGN is. Um, so I'll skip over who he is. Uh, anyways, uh, he has his own video game that came out back in 2013 based on his um, YouTube character that's been around for t- over 10 years now. Um, he has a website, Cinemassacre. So beyond the AVGN character, he has his own indie film uh, board game and other miscellaneous types of reviews and and films. Yeah. Um, One so of the biggest collections of retro gaming memorabilia of all time. And- and systems and games, yeah, of all time. And over over the last couple of years, he converted part of his basement, part of his game room, into um, a classic movie um, game or video store. It's like oh, it's like all, all VHS stuff. <laughs> That's cool. It's pretty cool. So, anyways, um, he's like a time traveler. He's going he, backwards. Yeah. Well, he wants to. His his his, his motto: He's going to take you back to the past. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So, speaking of which. He wants to take you back to the past and play the shitty games that suck ass. <laughs> so his game, his very first game, the Angry Video Game Nerd Adventures, is a tribute to old school, uh, quote unquote, NES hard, as they call it, video games. The games that were difficult, um, that shaped us into the gamers we are today. If you grew <laughs> up in the 80s and early 90s, you know what I'm talking about. It's the games that you needed to die several times to understand how the game works, how it plays. Um, you know, like playing Mega Man 2 and 3 with the blocks that disappear and then they come back and you have to learn the timing. There's no way you're going to beat this game on the first try kind of games. Yeah. This game is a tribute to that and everything that was wrong with video games. And so it's intentionally bad. It's intentionally you. bad and it's molded in a way that makes it sort of fun. So if you go into playing this game knowing that, you'll enjoy it. But if you pick this game up as somebody that has no idea what it is, you might hate it. It's hard. It's <laughs> intentionally hard. There there are parts of the game that are intentionally I don't want to say broken because it's not broken, but flawed. And it's again Totally intentional. It's a tribute to those games that we played when we were a kid. If you want to play a different tribute game that is not intentionally hard, that has all throwbacks to NES games of the past, you can play a Bobo's uh, Big Adventure instead. There you go. Yeah. Which we talked about 
We might have mentioned that. In, I forget which episode. Yeah, one way, of the way episodes. We definitely mentioned that. Listen though. to all of our episodes. <laughs> You'll find it in there somewhere. Yeah. Anyways. And they're also um, all great. The composer, I believe, is also the full programmer designer of the game. Is He goes by the online handle of Distant. And uh, amazing soundtrack. I'm going to talk about a level because this is our Halloween podcast. Uh, there's a level called, ooh, Haunted House. <laughs> And uh, it's the name of the level comes from a quote from one of the AVGN's episodes. Uh, he did a review of the Silver Surfer game. Um, where I remember he, it well. Do you remember? Oh, it? yeah, I love that. I love that review. It's hilarious. Um, so if you remember, there was a lot of bad guys in the game that were just completely hokey, unoriginal. There was like floating pumpkin heads and and bats and like <laughs> little sense for and, silver and ghosts. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Nothing fit, right? It yeah, was like, just like, we have some assets left over from this other game we were developing. Yeah. Toss them in. That's just like that Ninja Turtles NES game where none of the enemies make any sense. Oh, yeah. it's a flying eyeball for some reason. And sure. Why not? Yeah, how, <laughs> yeah. Like how every, every old video game has like bubbles and, yeah. and birds as bad guys. It's yeah. like, it doesn't <laughs> matter if it fits. So anyway, silver surfer was guilty of this. Um, in the AVGN review episode, he says, well, this is no, no different than a kindergarten Halloween game. And I, I think it makes sense. And then he goes on to say that they should have just called Silver Surfer Boo Haunted House. <laughs> and that's where we get the name of this level. So the AVGN Halloween themed episode or uh, level is called Boo Haunted House. And it pulls references from Halloween themed NES video games like Friday the 13th and uh, The Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. Which were also, I, I really liked Friday the 13th, but a lot of people will say both of them. Actually, I played both of those games when I kid, and I when I was a kid, and I love them both, but a lot of people will say they're broken and they're Yeah, bad. aren't they just totally broken though? Like, unless you know how to beat them, you can't beat them, right? I, I think I watched a guy do like a two minute playthrough of Friday the 13th where he beats the game and it's in two like, minutes. It's like, I, I, maybe it's, it's more than that, but it was like, it was under 10. It was, he's, he's a professional because. Yeah. Anyone that doesn't know the game will not even come close in their first time. I've been playing the game for 20 years, maybe. <laughs> and it's like, so fighting Jason in Friday the 13th is like fighting Mike Tyson in Mike Tyson's punch out. He can kill you in like one or two hits and you have to go flawlessly against him for like five, 10 minutes to, to just start doing damage. That's how you play Friday <laughs> That's the 13th. Crazy. Anyways, so this level pulls reference from those games and, um, Let's let's dive in. Let's take a listen and we'll talk a little bit more when we come back after the song. So Boo Haunted House from the Angry Video Game Nerd Adventures.
So I want to talk a bit about the boss in this level because the whole entire level is just themed with like really crappy Halloween themed villains and bad guys. So um, much like most of the levels in the game, it has a little bit of text scrolling at the bottom where it, you know, has the, the, the nerd talking either to the person playing the game or whoever the upcoming boss is. And there's a little bit of banter back and forth. Um, the villain of the Boo Haunted House level, his name is Bimmy. And for those that don't know, um, in Double Dragon 3, there's a pretty f infamous typo in the game. If you play it on one player, I believe, who, uh, is it Billy? Is Billy yeah. the main one? So if you put it on Billy one- Billy and Tommy. No, it's Billy and Jimmy. Jimmy. Billy and Jimmy. So let's, I could be wrong. Let's just say it's Billy's the main one. It could be Jimmy, whichever. You put it on one player and it says it's been so-and-so amount of years since Jimmy beat the the shadow gang or whatever. Mm -hmm. If you put it on two players, it says it's supposed to say Billy and Jimmy since they've last fought the the shadow dragons or whatever their name is. But there was a typo. Instead of putting Jimmy and Billy, they put Jimmy and Bimmy. <laughs> Jimmy and Bimmy. <laughs> That's pretty good. Double Dragon two, three, three. And so AVGN glommed onto that in an episode, and and Bimmy is the boss <laughs> of this level. <laughs> of this level. That's great. And what makes it great is that Bimmy isn't one of the Double Dragons. It's actually a combination of Freddy Krueger's hand from Friday the Third or from A Nightmare on Elm Street, which again had problems because everyone knows what Freddy Krueger's hand looks like. It's the glove with the claws. Well, for some reason in the game, they never did that. They just gave him a regular like skeleton, decrepit looking <laughs> hand with these long fingernails. Was it like a licensing thing or? Couldn't tell you. Well, I don't they think had the license. Yeah, yeah. It was Nightmare well, on Elm Street. And, well, hey. but we've talked we've talked before about yeah. games that kind of just like directly like rip music or yeah. assets and never really mentioned it and kind of got away with this it. It's weird because you've got the character, you've got his iconic costume, you've got the tie-in, you've got the characters, so, but you can't get the rights to his hand. So speaking of that's insane. I don't know. <laughs> speaking of the copyright issues in the game, so back in the original um Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, there's a part in the game where Freddy comes after you and it warns you. There's this warning that comes up on the screen. You're in the middle of gameplay and it, and it goes black and it says, Freddy's coming. Big exclamation Ooh, point. Sounds and then the music changes. <laughs> and then you warp into this like this doorless room and Freddy's jumping around, swatting at you, trying to kill you. So that sounds creepy as heck. Um, but AVGN points out that what ruins this whole moment is that when it says Freddy's coming, right where it says Freddy's, there's a little trademark next to his name, a little trademark. <laughs> oh, really? So it says Freddy's trademark yeah. is coming. So when you play this level, when you get to Bimmy, it says Bimmy's coming and there's a giant trademark symbol right next to Bimmy's name. And so again, you're fighting that the, the claw from a nightmare on Elm street and the classic purple and baby blue Jason Voorhees from the Friday, the 13th Nintendo game. So you're tag team fighting them. And that's, pretty cool reference right there <laughs> that's great yeah that's yeah. great anyways that's about all i want to say about that game all right Bimmy. well aaron go ahead what's your first pick buddy all right my first pick is uh well before i start with my first pick i just want to throw out the, a couple of titles a couple of honorable honorable mentions that i'm not talking about because despite being great halloween games they didn't really have memorable music to actually include so i just want to give a shout out to two games that are absolutely awesome, spooky, scary-themed games if you're in a Halloween kind of mood and you want to play a scary game. Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. That's the first <laughs> Slumber one. Party Mayhem. And Barbie's Horse Adventures. That's <laughs> I number was two. just going to say yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> that right out of my head. <laughs> that's, that's the go-to, right? Yeah. He's just looking at your game collection. I know, I was like, room. <laughs> Read those titles, Barbie's Horse Adventures 1, Barbie's Horse <laughs> Adventures 2. My, my sister, I remember when I was a kid, had a PC game. This is 
really totally aside, but yeah, totally off topic. <laughs> but she had a Barbie game, and I remember it was like back in the day where like we got our first PC. I had a console. I still had like my Genesis or whatever at the time. But we got our first PC, and I got like Math Blaster and stuff like that. And then my mom, she must have pulled it out of a bargain bin or something. But it was like Barbie's like uh, style something. I should go back and like figure <laughs> it out. But basically, all you did was you just had Barbie's head. And you just like, you could style it and you could, you could draw on it essentially. No, but you could like, you could change the hair and the makeup and the blah, 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 blah. And I was so starved for games. I played the shit out of that game. Yeah. I was so, could you, I, could you print out your results? Cause I bet you your could, room was you just could, like, well, you could, what you <laughs> covered with these, all these, like, this was my best work here on Barbie. <laughs> but, the highlights in her hair were just, they were divine. They were spectacular, but no, um, you could, uh, once you did it, it like zoomed out and then you got like the full thing. And I think you could change outfits and stuff too. And then, yeah, you could print it out at the end, but like, oh, my mom would have murdered me if I'd printed all that much stuff. Like the ink, <laughs> ink at the time was so expensive, yeah. but no, I never, I never printed you it. Even the though you used for this. Yeah, exactly. Use pink for this. We're out of red ink. But uh, no, but uh, yeah, just thought it was a crazy aside, but back to Halloween games. <laughs> yeah, Halloween games. Okay. This is just a quick shout out to these games, but tangents aside. So the first game for the GameCube is Eternal Darkness. Oh yeah. oh yeah, Eternal Classic. Darkness. Good game, great game. Play uh, that. It's one play of those that. absolutely play it if you can get your hands on it. And it's one of those games that deserved a sequel and never got it. Essentially, so I think the company went under. Yeah, well, and then they it, was it Silicon Knights or yeah, it was Silicon Knights, and they tried for a Kickstarter, and I don't remember hearing about it when it happened. I think the Kickstarter failed because there was no publicity behind it. Yeah. But they were trying that's to surprising. do Eternal you Darkness think, like, revival. Everybody yeah. would pick that up. And that's the cult classic. People but I, love Eternal but I, Darkness. That's the thing. I think the cult fans didn't know it was happening. That's uh, why. That's, that could make sense. Or, because or I, marketing. Yeah. And of course, Eternal Darkness is famous because it had a really cool mechanic in the sanity effects where as you encounter monsters in the game, you slowly lose your sanity. You have a sanity meter that builds up. And as you go insane, stuff starts to happen. You'll enter a room and it's full of monsters and you can't attack, but oh, then everything flashes. It was just a sanity. The game breaks the fourth wall to mess with you outside of the game. It does things like actually adjust the volume. You'll like see the volume meter on your TV, like turning down like what the hell's happening? But it's, the first time I ever played it was on an old CRT yeah. and the, and it's the classic like green. It's yeah, the volume. Sony, it's the Sony yeah. green yeah. volume. So meter. Green, in, green right? text at the bottom and the big green like volume meter going up and down. <laughs> and that was the TV I was on when I played it. It uh, totally worked. What the hell's going on? One yeah. of the best fourth wall breaking ones it did was actually where it would like reset back to the beginning and then tell you that your uh, save data had been erased. Your memory card your was memory corrupted card or something. Was corrupted and then erased. <laughs> it, oh. it would screw with you in the best ways. But and very cool. My my and my problem with that game is I'm playing through it, but my sanity meter n- would never get down just in the course of regular play enough to get these sanity effects. So I would purposefully make myself insane just so I could play it with the sanity effects. Yeah, but, just to see know, what would happen. They should have pushed that a little further. All right, in the second game. Halloween themed is uh, Costume Quest from Double Fine, and that was a uh, a small title. Um, it's a downloadable title, I think, primarily. And in it, you basically play a bunch of kids who have to roam around the neighborhood saving Halloween. And it's like RPG time, quick time event RPG, sort of like a, a Mario, uh, Mario Superstar Luigi. Saga, yeah. Mario and Luigi series style thing. And what would happen is you go into these battles, and whatever costume, like crappy cardboard costume your character is play, uh, wearing you become essentially that character. So it's like, 
like cardboard box robot becomes like super transformer missile firing robot. That's, cool. that's awesome. It's like the kid's I, imagination takes totally. over and he becomes that. Yeah, totally. And I heard was, great things about this game and I, I never played it, but I, I should pick it up this like, like around now. And you know, I think yeah. uh, steam usually has a Halloween sale, but so I'll be not, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's in the Halloween sale somewhere. Yeah. It's, it's in a, a big way. It's a short game, so it's not it's not super big. It didn't take me very long to go through, and it's got that classic kind of, uh, you know, it's uh, Tim Schafer kind of writing and humor. So you totally, know. yeah. And I'm going to be talking about uh, Tim Schafer a little bit later in the podcast. So next episode. Anyway, my first pick for a track. This is a game from 1985 originally. That's old. It is old. Uh, all right, very now, old. For, here's what we're gonna do for Almost video game generation. <laughs> when were you born, Mike? 88. 88. So yeah. there you go. Three years before I was born. <laughs> this is a game that I remember playing in arcades before Mike was even born. There you go. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's called Generations. <laughs> and <laughs> we keep bringing it up. <laughs> yeah. So the game is called Ghosts and Goblins. Everyone has probably heard of Ghosts and Goblins. It is a classic. It is, no- is notorious. It is legendary for its difficulty. So <clears throat> this uh, game came out in 85 for arcade. Um, the composer is Ayako Mori. And the, one of the reasons I want to bring this up is I have a, it's very strongly tied to my childhood, like a sense of nostalgia for me. When I was a kid, my dad would go to this yearly hockey tournament in a town um, in central Alberta. And when he'd go there, this thing, me and my brothers were basically sort of left to our own devices to run around, do whatever. But this hockey arena that we were in had three arcade machines. And those three machines are like, ingrained into my head as like the pinnacle, the holy trinity of arcade machines. It was on the left-hand side was Ghosts and Goblins. In the middle was Double Dragon. And on the right-hand side was Frogger. And those are three great arcade games. That's very cool. So my my strongest memories of summer as a child are playing these three games. And so all those are burned into my head. And I played all three of them, the arcade versions today on, uh, on MAME, just to, just to get in the, get in the spirit. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. That's um, something, even though, this game came out three years before I was born. That is something I do remember <laughs> as a kid where like random places would have arcade cabinets, right? Like, mm-hmm. so you like your pizza place or your arena or your like where you went camping or whatever, like they would have ice cream place. Your mom, your mom probably played it when she was <laughs> pregnant with you. <laughs> but, but like I do like that's gone now. And well, no, I'm the sad community about that. Arena near my house actually has pinball machines and arcade machines. They have a really? Simpsons oh, that's cabinet cool. right now. Oh, the there you go. That's Simpsons. great. That's a so, great you know, you can still find them in the wild, but it's harder it's, to find. Harder yeah, to find. Hard yeah. But back in those days, you could go into a Seven Eleven or the yeah. laundromat or, yeah. anywhere, or and anywhere, everywhere, everywhere had an, at least one arcade. Yeah. If you're lucky you had a pile of arcades, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, Ghosts and Goblins was, as I mentioned, it was stupid hard. Like, you, you took... Well, it was, a quarter, it was a quarter eater. It was a quarter eater, and it, intentionally so. The thing is, it took you one hit to lose your armor, and then you're running around your boxers, and then your next hit killed you. And with that, it, ha- it had this really great legendary mechanic now that is that um, when you... So every level is timed. If you do manage to actually get to the end of the game and beat the game... It tells you that, oh no, that boss and everything you play before that is a trap devised by Satan. So, sorry, bad end. Sneaky, you have sneaky to start Satan. at the beginning, level one, and beat the whole game again 
just to actually beat the game. And there's really no end. difference. They just want <laughs> you to play the whole game again, right? Because nothing changed. Just, the levels right? are the same. Yeah. It's the same game. You just have to play it a second time to beat it. Exactly. That's like one of the cheapest forms of like artificial game lengthening I've ever heard. And it is hilarious. <laughs> your first playthrough was Satan. Yeah. Now you're playing for real. <laughs> but the thing that, about that is, yeah, you, know, you could get away with that maybe 1985. Yeah. But what's hilarious is as that series Not after continued, Mike was born. <laughs> as the series continued, they kind of stuck with that stuff. So, you know, like Ultimate Ghost, Ghouls and Ghosts one of the sequels comes out and they stick with that where you've got to beat the game and Twice. then bad end and then beat the game again. All of those games basically kept that mechanic in just because it's, it's part of the series. <laughs> That's now. funny that they stuck to their guns there. Like they knew that they were like, this was totally an arcade thing. We did this to yeah. artificially lengthen the game because we didn't have enough memory, blah, 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 blah. And then they're like, no, we're going to keep it. <laughs> now, have you played through Super Ghosts and Goblins? I have not. Are you talking about Super Ghouls and Ghosts? Or yes, super ghosts and yes, goblins? super. Yeah. I, I told you before yeah. we recorded, <laughs> I'm going to get it wrong. Super this, Ghouls and Ghosts. Super Ghouls and Ghosts. I was playing yes. it today. Does it have fact. the same uh, screw-over mechanic when you beat yes, the game? Yes, they all it have does? the same oh screw-over mechanic. The screw-over mechanic is, is part of the game, oh. but it, it's great. Actually, I went back and I was playing it on the virtual console, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, today as well, just to you know play through it. Yeah. And uh, I, I loaded up my, my save game on it, and it was on the very last level. And I'm like, no, I want to start at the beginning. So I wiped out all that progress, started at level one, and then couldn't even get to like the halfway point in level one. I'm like, this is garbage. <laughs> throw my controllers. I'm starting to realize something though. Aaron, we're recording this podcast uh, at my house actually, which is rare for us. Usually we record where we work. And uh, Aaron couldn't join us uh, because apparently he had to go to dinner with his wife. But we know now all he was doing was playing games all morning. <laughs> I was playing games all morning. Sure. Yeah. You're probably you're probably wearing your best uh, Arthur cosplay too when, <laughs> when he gets hit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sitting at home in your underwear. In your underwear like, like, and then anything anything touches me, like cat walks by, brushes my leg, my armor goes flying off. Uh, don't don't you turn into uh, oh no, no, never mind. Yeah, you turn into a skeleton, like instant yeah, death. Instant death. The yeah. first hit knocks your armor off. It doesn't matter if it's a bird or whatever. We talked about how yeah. there's birds at games <laughs> and they're a common enemy. Yeah. So bird hits you, your armor goes flying off, anything touches you. You land on the head of a zombie and you're a skeleton instantly. Yeah. And I was playing Super <laughs> Ghouls and Ghosts, and it's hilarious because you can see underneath the ground, you're, the fir first level is always a cemetery. And underneath the ground, you, there's these kind of like cutaway parts where you can kind of see what's under the dirt. And it's all skulls. Like basically the earth is filled with like wall to wall skulls. Everything is skulls. And I just assume that's, you know, all the players of Ghosts and yeah, Goblins. Yeah, everyone, oh, yeah. Has failed. <laughs> everyone who has failed is just built up to build the landscape. And that's why that's why in level one, the ground keeps rising because more and more people keep dying and the bodies <laughs> yeah, get exactly. stacked higher and higher. It had that cool mechanic where the ground would go up. And down. Yeah. But uh, so back to the music from Ghosts and Goblins is uh, I loved the music. Like it was one of those things that jammed in my head. I know we were talking that the map screen that shows your progress on there has got a cool little jingle on it. And we're going to hear that um, before my song. Okay. I was going to ask you how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't, don't do it. It goes. But the, I was listening to the music from the arcade version and I'm listening to it and it's the sound chip on the arcade board was not very good. It seems, or maybe it was very specific to that game because it, it was very, very twangy. It created this like harmonic dissonance where it was like all the notes were very dissonant and they did not mix together very well. Yeah, and, you know, kind of. You mentioned that to that to me earlier, and I'm I'm most familiar with Street Fighter, which is also Capcom arcade, mm -hmm. and I remember it sounding the same way in comparison to 
some of the home consoles and later generation stuff, it did have exactly what you described. They probably used the same sound chip. But, yeah. you know, I was listening to Capcom it. Capcom like, was cheaping, <laughs> cheaping out on their sound chips? I, maybe it was or just maybe, their standard. Maybe they, they tried to use that particular, like, ear-wrenching sound so it would stand out <laughs> from all the other arcades that were playing at the time. That actually kind of makes sense. Yeah, you know what? That's not a bad theory. Yeah. If you yeah. walked into yeah. an arcade, like, you're, what are whether, you gonna hear? You're whether gonna, you like it or don't, you're going to turn your head and look at it. And it, the sound is going to stand out. Totally. Yeah. And that's the thing is between those three arcades in there, like the sound that drowned out every other in that hockey tournament arcades was the Ghosts and Goblins one. Yeah. And I love the theme, but I'm listening to it and I'm like, I can't subject listeners to this. It's, <laughs> it is just a little rough. So, so which one are we listening to then? Even though I picked, I'm still, we're still going to play the uh, stage intro, the little map intro from the arcade, which is the one I wanted, I, I'm talking about. But the actual game that, um, I pulled the theme from because I listened to basically every theme from Ghosts and Goblins. Um, it's it's the World One theme, also known as Arthur's theme, and it's pretty consistent a lot across a lot of the versions. And so I was listening to the different versions to see which one I would actually play in the podcast. So I'm pulling this one from um, the 2006 remake called Ultimate Ghosts and Goblins for the PSP. Now I've never played this version. I did watch some videos of it. It looks like a garbage game, uh, but, but the music's good. Why, but the music is, is great. Why does it look like garbage? <laughs> well, for the first, first thing is that they, they got rid of sprites, so it's 3D models. So anytime you have a 2D platformer with 3D models, and I'm even looking at you, new Super Mario Brothers, it's less of a good platformer. It's, yeah. it's just not as good. It doesn't feel models. as precise because yeah. you go by like pixel, pixel. perfection yeah. in yeah. those games. When you put in a 3D model, it just always feels a bit floaty and like not quite as accurate. Yeah. And sometimes you can do that thing where you like get on the edge and you like edge, edge, edge. And like technically <laughs> you're not standing on the ledge, but you're still hovering. One yeah. pixel of Mega Man's toe is touching. Exactly. The edge yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, with this one, they uh, like they actually screwed up the first release. They actually had to release it again to fix balance issues with the game. They dumbed down the difficulty. Um, they actually had it so you had like a little hit meter and you could get hit multiple times and they introduced new elements like magic from then later, Ghouls and Ghosts series. So yeah, I watched, the, I watched a little bit of a playthrough. I decided that I don't ever want to play this game, but this is one of the best versions of Arthur's theme from the Ghosts and Goblins series. So cool. here we're going to hear the map starting intro music from the arcade and the ultimate Ghosts and Goblins theme.
oh, like, this is great. This is like who the, was the composer? The Did Danny, you mention the Danny yeah. Elfman version? <laughs> Actually, like the original composer, I said was Ayako Mori, but uh, the ultimate Ghosts and Goblins uh, rearrangement was done by uh, Masaya Tsunamoto and Kashi. <laughs> wait, 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 Kazuhiro Kotani. Nice, very good. So that they did this arrangement, and like I was saying, I think that this arrangement captures the spirit of the original song more so than like any others that I'd actually heard. It's not necessarily creepy. It's just mm-hmm. it has that energy to it. Like oh yeah, it's, you're gonna fight goblins and zombies, but in a fun way. Yeah, it's up tempo, but it yeah. still has that you know. Well, it sounds like it's played on an organ, yeah, right? Like yeah, a, like yeah. a giant like hall organ or something yeah. like that. So that gives it that lends yeah. it some of that like gravitas kind of yeah. like it's up tempo, but it's ominous, and yeah. it's, it's totally like the key that it's in and the notes that they actually use gives it a sort of like horror vibe. That's totally perfect. Yeah. Up tempo, but ominous. I love that. That's that's <laughs> the perfect description. There's this game on the Dreamcast called Cannon Spike. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. It's pretty much. Um, it's a Capcom like cast of characters that have all come together and it's a top down multi-directional shooter. So you have like this top down view and your characters running around in the streets, uh, bad guys coming from all directions and you play as Cammy or Nash or Charlie from street fighter series. And they're throwing like sonic booms and mm-hmm. like projectiles. <laughs> you have Arthur uh-huh. and he's throwing his Lance you have Mega Man and he's firing his blaster and, and it's a cool collaboration of Capcom characters all coming together for this, the shooter. I've never heard of this. This sounds but awesome. It does sound awesome. Do you I, have this game? I don't. It's on oh. my list. It's, I think it's a pretty expensive dreamcast title. Oh, it's dreamcast. Um, okay. Yeah. But I, I did want to briefly mention, um, with the collaboration of Capcom characters that there's a really cool Easter egg in Mega Man seven. I don't know if you guys know, uh, <laughs> never heard of it. <laughs> never heard of it. <laughs> In uh, just real quick, uh, the, there's a Halloween themed level in Mega Man 7. There's Shade Man, and he's sort of the vampire boss of the Mega Man series. Um, if you hold down the B button when you pick his level, the game will actually change Shade Man's theme song from what it normally is to the Ghosts and Goblins or Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Did yeah. I get that right? It, it's Well, it's Ghosts and Goblins, Ghouls and Ghosts, Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Yeah. But the theme remains the same through all of them. So. Yes. Yeah. And they play that over top of Shade Man's theme, which is a cool little nod to another Capcom series. Which is awesome. From within, yeah. yeah. All and right. I even believe that uh, when you do that, when it shows like the... Um, boss ro- robot master select screen it even plays that little map intro oh yeah 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 so, like music the as well version yeah. we just listened to just yeah. like that i like that yeah very cool well that's a perfect that's a perfect note to end this podcast on so yeah so we'll jump into uh what i've been no sorry what you've been playing what i went last yeah oh okay. aaron aaron what, right. have, what have you been playing what have i been playing <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah that's funny. how we should open it aaron what have you been playing well what have i been playing lately um, yeah, thing is I've been playing, I don't want to keep talking about the same games again and again, cause I, I tend to, we record these often enough now that, uh, I tend to have a game that's going for that entire time. Yeah. But one game I did want to bring up that, did I bring it up last time? Ghost of a Tale? No. Did, did I talk about that? I don't, oh, you said you wanted to. I wanted to talk about it. we weren't talking about it because right. it's the last part of part four. Okay. So now, now I want to talk about that because that's a new thing that I played. Now this game was originally a Kickstarter or some sort of crowdfunded game. And it's a game that was done by a former animator from DreamWorks, I believe. So he took his sort of knowledge about, you know, the CG animation side of things and applied it to this game. And this game is, it's beautiful. It's, it looks awesome. It's about, you play a mouse, sort of an anthropomorphic mouse, and you have, <laughs> I'll give you the very basic sort of plot here. You uh, are some sort of a bard. You and your wife were playing for this baron or something like that, and he 
basically kidnaps her and imprisons you and you sort of start in this jail cell in this like ratty jail cell and you have to escape and all the guards are rats. So it's got a very, uh, I don't know if anyone knows the secret of Nim, but it's got a very secret of Nim vibe. Yeah, Sounds I was like going to say. Yeah. It's, it's dark. Like that's the thing is you, despite starring as this cute mouse, it's actually, it's got a lot of lore and backstory to it and it, it's quite quite dark in its way it has that realistic look to it too yeah. right it's oh, totally not like realistic. it's not cartoony yeah. mice it's almost like no real yes. anthropomorphic mice yeah, yeah you totally oh, that's cool yeah you look like and like i said it's a beautiful game the graphics are fantastic so you look like this little mouse and you can actually like change your armor and your outfits it's got a lot of rpg sort of elements but to escape from the prison it's a lot of like running and hiding this little sort of stealth game where you hide in boxes and then you're like peering out of the keyhole and you can see these rats walking around so it's with like their Metal red Gear eyes. solid with mice <laughs> <laughs> it is like that and it's got sort of this like medieval kind of tone to it as well it's almost like fantasy medieval on top of that and it's got really colorful characters i think when you're in the prison you come across this uh this frog who just hates you and insults you in stocks he's basically a pirate frog so he's like trapped in these stocks and he's like insulting you and you have to like fool him by like wearing the uh finding the clothes of his former captain and then disguising yourself as his old captain who was a mouse and then fooling him to thinking that you're him so he'll give you information and that kind of stuff and it's it's great actually when you're trying to find the captain you go into this one old cell in the prison and it's dark and you've got your little lantern and it's casting light around you turn the corner and there's chained to the wall is like the skeleton of a mouse that has like this old pirate hat on it and when you grab it like the whole skeleton collapses it's does it have like the um, skeleton of his parrot on the shoulder too? I always <laughs> love that. That's such a good shtick. I, I didn't have that, but uh, that would be really weird considering you're a mouse and the yeah. parrot would have to be, you know, like it's a teen in proportion to a mouse. <laughs> and it couldn't, it couldn't fly away for some reason. But there's also what would a mouse of, have like a flea yeah, or something? <laughs> a fly. But there's all sorts of uh, different animals in it. And uh, you, there's like, got, you can get money, you can buy things, heavy RPG element, like I said, there's various armors and disguises that you can do. And this is just the demo of the game. It's actually just the prison area, even though they're planning on doing a much bigger game. Now, I don't even know when the release of this game is supposed to be, but I bought this as an early access title on Steam. Oh, okay. So you're technically playing the beta, but I'm, I'm playing the beta, but you know, did you beat access, it? Then? I did or? beat it. Okay. I beat it in a day. It took me, uh, I don't know, three or four hours and I did okay, everything. So it's, I a could. Short, it's a short, it's a short, it's a short experience. Thing. And yeah. I did everything I could. Like I found every character. I completed every challenge. I did every mission that I could. I just kind of wanted to stay around in that world for a while because it was so well done. And I, I highly recommend it again. If you do play it, uh, just know what you're getting into. It is early access access. So it's an unfinished game. But, Are you, do you think you'll play it again when they finish it in case oh, they yeah. added any content? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Cool. I want to see more of this game. I want to see more of this world. So. Yeah, hopefully they'll do like a sequel and stuff too if it you know gains enough traction. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I would just be happy with a full game because it, it feels... One thing the game does really well is it feels like it's part of a much bigger world. Like I yeah. said, you find a lot of books and you read a lot of things and they talk about these characters and these backstories and the history. There's a, like a whole war that happened in the past between the mice and the rats and there was this big betrayal. So it's oh, okay. super So there's lore like heavy. a sense of a universe. Yes, a sense That's of a universe. Good. It's super lore heavy and it feels like you're part of this big, huge world. And I just want, I just... When I play the actual game, I hope I get to see a lot of that world. It's just really well done. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, what was the name of it one more time? It's called Ghost of a Tale, cool. and it's on Steam, Early Access. That's a good name, yeah. Ghost of a Tale. I like that. All right, everybody. So that is it for part one of our Halloween Spooky Games episode. <laughs> um, and then, uh, 
sorry, part one of episode nine, I should say, technically, because that's what <laughs> I always say. Uh, and remember, you can always tweet us at VGM Generations or email us at the address vgmgenerations at gmail.com. And now we're going to talk about this month's contest. So we're mixing it up a little bit. So what we're going to do from now on, we, we had a talk about it and uh, we were inspired by another podcast. Do you want to mention the podcast? Do you know I, which I, one it is? No, no, no. I, <laughs> okay. I, I, Jor- I Jordan say. came to us. Barbie's Horse Adventure Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Professional Les Play. Let's go. De- definitely. But uh, no. Uh, so Jordan came to us with this idea from another podcast of his. But instead of doing like a physical item uh, to give away, what we're going to do is we're going to give away a game that we talk about uh, on that's available on Steam throughout the month. So, so far we've talked about... The Angry Video Game Nerd Adventures. Yeah, and then now we've talked about... We, we talked Ghost about Ghost of a Tale. Yep. So those two are, are in the prize box. So basically what, what we're going to say is anything that we mention throughout the four uh, parts that is available on Steam, the person who wins, I'm going to message them, say, which one would you like? And then we'll buy that one for you and we'll gift it to you. And uh, most of these games, like even even something like uh, the AVGN, even if you don't have like a super you know powerful computer... You can play that on a totally. you can play that on like a Game Boy, basically. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. you'll be fine. So um, Ghost of a Tale is pretty scalable, but you know it's yeah that it's, one might be a, a little it's a trickier, pretty game so. that uses a fancy engine. So. Yeah, so so you know pick the one that makes sense for you <laughs> when you win, kind of thing. So, but um, and what you have to do to win that is uh, just like Apocalypse Seven on Twitter. All you got to do is hop on there and retweet. Uh, so three tweets go out for every part of every podcast. One for. SoundCloud, one for iTunes, one for Google Play. Uh, just retweet whichever um, service you listened on. And uh, for an extra entry, give us a review in iTunes or a comment on SoundCloud. Google Play, there's there's no functionality there. So <laughs> you can't give us anything there. So <laughs> you only get one entry, I guess. But you can, even if you listen on Google Play, if you want to give it a, a review on iTunes or on SoundCloud, you can get, get that entry. So yeah, you've got nothing to lose. Come on. Yeah. And Spread so, and only cool games to win. Yeah. So, uh, Yeah, that's it for part one of episode nine, and uh, we'll catch you for part two.
BGM generation. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. I like that. I always, I always try and go high energy, and you're just. This is masterpiece theater. <laughs> this is smooth jazz. There you go. Oh, you should use your voice, your radio voice. All right. <laughs>